Hi, my name's Alex Kelly, co-founder of Bright Flag, and this is In-House Outliers, a podcast where I interview those who've taken unconventional paths and challenged conventional notions of how in-house legal should operate. I'm delighted to be joined today on the podcast by Catherine Veith. Catherine is someone I've had the pleasure to get to know over the last number of years through her work both as a manager of legal spend at Lufthansa and her academic research in this area. Catherine is an incredibly experienced professional and has been with Lufthansa for over 20 years in a variety of roles. Catherine, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Catherine, let's start at the beginning. Where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in a very small place in the middle of Germany, but I had a great childhood. And But when growing up and getting older, most people want to break out and go to bigger places. And so then you decided to study business administration at university. Was that part of that initial desire to go to a bigger place? Yes, definitely. I mean, and I chose business administration because I think it offers a pretty general curriculum and it's your own interest and effort that you get anywhere with it in life. I studied in Lüneburg, which is a small town near Hamburg, because they offered a major in tourism management. Very good. And did you have an idea of what you wanted to do at that stage in life? Did you see yourself working in the tourism industry? Was that what you were thinking? Well, I was always interested in an international life. So already in my school time, we had an exchange student from Australia at our house for three times who became like a sister to me. And I also did an high school exchange year in the US. And this led to lots of international friendships. Therefore, there was always the dream to work for Lufthansa. It would be easier for me to connect the world with a job there. And I was impressed by the brand at that time already. Wow. Okay. So you're focused on Lufthansa as the ultimate uh, destination in your career and place that you could see yourself was at a very early stage. That's fascinating. And, and what was your first job after college then? Well, I started at the Lufthansa e-commerce, which was a small daughter company that was only founded shortly before I started there. And the managing director was my former boss during my internship at Lufthansa. We managed everything around the Lufthansa web, the website there, the booking engine and anything that had to do with the online sales, which was only at the start at that time. So I had the great experience of a startup feeling, but still belonging to a big company like Lufthansa. And that was obviously a really fundamental shift in the travel industry that move online. And I'm sure a great learning experience to, to be kind of immersed in that space at an early stage in your career. When you look back now, what kind of early roles or responsibilities do you think you learned the most from? As a team, we were responsible for the development and running of the platform. So part of it was managed by a content management system, and the other part needed release-based developments. And I was involved to write functional specifications, but I was also responsible for the CMS, the content management system, development of it and the training for new stuff for that system. That way, I was part of major developments, but I also became an expert in a system with a limited environment. It gives you a lot of self-confidence when you are the only person that finds a solution, either because you really know all possibilities or you find the possibilities to display something that is actually not possible by the system, but a workaround that kind of overrules the system. This sure helped me to convince me of my manpower. I always take the challenge and don't give up easily. <laughs> There's so much there, Catherine, what you just said, that kind of 
resonates in terms of what you're doing now and legal operations to some extent in that you were kind of developing this domain understanding, becoming an expert in a system, helping develop processes. Are there kind of similarities that you see in those kind of early career experiences you had in online sales when you look at what you're doing now in legal operations? Yeah, I um, definitely see a lot of similarities there. I find myself again in the tech world. I work in a system environment and I would call myself an expert. <laughs> and I have a better understanding why sometimes developments are not as fast and easy as they seem. And that's why sometimes we have to wait for adaptations. But I have to admit, I did not manage to yet circumvent the system. But let's see. <laughs> <laughs> did you have any, any mentors in your career at that early stage that played an important part in your development, people that you worked with? I experienced different team leads and the ones that hand over responsibility and trust the employee, they give you the most valuable support, I think. If someone shows me that he or she believes in me, then I try to even do better. I had two of those in my early career and also at my last job in online sales. She was actually the one that encouraged me to apply for this job, even though she didn't want to lose me. Well, I think that's always the mark of a great leader and mentor if you're kind of being managed directly by them and their ultimate objective is your progression and development, even if it is uh, to their detriment to losing them from your team. And in your most recent role then as a, a global key account manager, what were your main responsibilities there? I was actually account manager for the Uditio Group. That is the second largest account in third-party sales for the Lufthansa Group. Oh, at least was at that time. I'm not up to date anymore. <laughs> you may be aware of Opodo or eDreams. Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the brands they have. And the Odigio Group is also a very modern company. They sell everything around the whole travel journey. And to find further parallels here, they use artificial in intelligence to predict buying behavior of certain customer groups. And this made the field so interesting. We were not only responsible for selling flights on their platforms. We were also developing technological parts together with them. So it was not only a sales relationship, but it was also a technical partnership. And what were the kind of the main projects or areas of responsibility that you had there? Yeah, I like the variety of the job as it wasn't only a sales job, as I said, I was a sales manager and also a technical manager at the same time. And I learned a lot about the, how, how the system works behind it. Very good. And, and then you referenced the fact that one of your mentors encourage you to apply for your current role in legal spend management. How did you kind of become interested in it then or what attracted you to it yourself? We were hit hard by the corona crisis and of course we were on short-time work for a few months even all, also working zero mm -hmm. hours and so I wanted to use the time in a good way and then ful fulfilled one of my dreams that I already had about 10 years ago. I had always been interested in the legal part of contracts when we were doing negotiations with the sales partners so I started to study again and doing a master of law and my goal of course was to work in the legal department one day and right in the middle of my study, they posted this position in our internet. And with my sales knowledge and also my legal basics, I thought I was a perfect fit. And I applied and I got the job. That's fascinating that you had this kind of longstanding interest in the legal space. And we'll go on to talk about the fascinating work you did in your master's. Were you aware of the kind of the concept of legal operations and this new role, this new function that was emerging in modern legal departments before you applied for the job? 
But I mean, I showed some interest in legal tech before because I was reading about it, but of course it wasn't relevant for my older job, mm -hmm. but I wasn't aware of the thousand of different possibilities this field offered to me. Mm -hmm. And now that you're kind of working as a part of the legal team and you referenced, obviously, you joined at a kind of a challenging time for aviation industry more generally, for Lufthansa specifically, and for the entire business. But what are the kind of differences in that you've observed now working in the legal department when you compare it to other teams that you've worked in in the past? Within the Lufthansa group, at least to me, the legal department has a very good standing. And of course, I was proud being part of it now. But working in a legal department is not so different from other teams. The people make the difference, I think. And the, the, the legal department is a new work family for me. Mm -hmm. We feel the same team spirit here. And of course, the work is very different. Mm -hmm. A sales invoice is totally different compared to an invoice selling legal services. But I mean, you know about that. <laughs> and what have been your kind of core areas of focus then since joining the team and taking on the role? Well, my, my core focus area was a rollout of BrightFlex system within the whole Lufthansa group. It's not only the rollout, it is much more that comes with it. You have to build up understanding of the whole context, all steps that are part of the meta life cycle and how this actually supports the in-house lawyers and the engaged law firms. And that's very important to keep on working on that. Absolutely. Certainly something we talk about with yourself and with all of our customers is that kind of maturity journey that every legal department, every organization is on in improving their operations, improving how they're managing relationships with outside counsel and uh, the kind of the steps that you need to go on from gaining complete visibility on spend to improving budgeting and billing behaviors to using the data from the system at a more strategic level for decision making. There is a kind of a journey that the legal department goes on, the legal ops team, the outside counsel alongside you as key partners. And I'm interested, how did you approach implementing the change with the legal team and with your law firms? Yeah, I think it's an ongoing process and we are still in the middle of it. But my personal opinion is that you have to build a relationship first and with whoever you work with, and then you can work on the challenges that it all brings with it. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's bringing people on that journey with you and ensuring that everybody's on the same page, understands what the objectives are and, and what the benefits of it are going to be for them individually, for the organization, or in the context of law firms, for their relationship with you as the client. And what are the kind of next areas of focus for yourself and your team? Well, I mean, we want to have all the relevant information for a meta in one place. I mean, the invoices, the rates, but also the contractual documents and everything else that comes with it. I mean, we are not there yet. And I think the basic BrightFlag platform doesn't offer it now, but I heard that you have a solution that offers this and we would be interested in a product presentation. Yes, absolutely. Our workspace product uh, sits alongside our spend management solution, enables the storage of documents, the manage of management of tasks, the kind of collaboration on the actual substantive legal work itself between the legal department, the law firm, and ultimately enabling you to have that one kind of source of truth for both the spend data and the matter data and holistically managing the full matter, as you say, in the full matter lifecycle. I'm really interested to understand then, Catherine, we mentioned this briefly earlier, you recently completed your master's in economic law. Firstly, congratulations on doing so. And it sounds like an incredibly productive use of time when there was a lot of challenges going on in the world generally with the pandemic, as you referenced in the aviation industry more specifically. It sounds like you, you made 
fantastic use of your time. And you and I have, have spoken about this before, but why did you decide to undertake the master's first of all? Yeah, I think I mentioned this before. I mean, I perfectly used the one of the advantages that the corona crisis actually actually held up for me. Mm-hmm. I had time and because we were late, partly let off work and I'm not the person that complains. I mean, there are people complaining, everything is so bad, nothing is changing. I'm not the person that complains and wait for things to change by itself. Mm-hmm. I take it up actively and make the best out of the situation. And that's what I did with it. And looking back now, Catherine, what are the kind of core learnings you took from the masters that are kind of proving useful for you in your role? I think what you always learn from studying is that you can learn everything, actually, if you really want it. Mm -hmm. And uh, these studies gave a good general overview. And this already helped me in my daily work to contextualize a topic in the right area, even though I wasn't an expert and still not am. So that helped me to find the right spot for certain topics. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think in my experience, having that mindset in life of kind of constant learning and development and looking to kind of broaden your your knowledge base, broaden your skill set, it's firstly so rewarding, I think on a personal level, I certainly find that, but then it does facilitate career development as well. And, and we recently met at the clock conference, the EMEA clock conference in London, And something we've kind of touched on is the fact that the kind of legal operations movement is much broader, obviously, than just spend management or e-billing and matter management. That is a core element of it and a a core pillar of it and one of the 12 clock core competencies. But, But there is just so much scope to the function and to the role and what now sits under its remit. How useful was it for you to be able to kind of attend the conference and engage with the wider legal operations community to kind of get a broader sense of what was going on or what other legal teams might be doing? It was my first talk. And I have to admit, I was very surprised about how many different fields there are in the legal operations world. I think it definitely helps me to see that others have the same challenges and how they approach them. But it also showed areas where we could develop and make legal life even more easy for our in-house lawyers and the law firms. I think that has been the power of the legal operations movement has been, I think, the sense of community within it, the openness of legal operations professionals like yourselves to kind of share their knowledge, share what what has worked for their team. And I think as we've already spoken about, every legal team is on a maturity journey and a kind of journey to kind of improve how things are working and how the department is functioning. And you kind of have to align that journey and the priorities and the roadmap with what is going to have the biggest impact for your organization and your legal team, whether it is starting with spend management and improving relationships with outside counsel or automating contract workflows or creating better knowledge management processes. There is just such scope and such room for improvement, but it does tend to kind of come back to what is going to have the biggest impact for the legal department and, and the organization. But I think it's it's so encouraging to see the role becoming more well understood, the number of people in the space who are operating in that way. And as we've spoken about giving back and sharing their knowledge, I think is uh, a huge part of that. And outside of work then, Catherine, what do you enjoy doing in your spare time? I'm a very active person. I like to do sports like running or yoga, but I also like to read a good book or I or play music. I play the violin in a film music orchestra or I spend time with my kids. So there's always something to do and my life doesn't get boring. And if it gets boring, you know, I'm start studying or something like that. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay. So on top of the masters, on top of all of the time you spend with your family and your children, you're also a member of an orchestra. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Was that something during the pandemic? Obviously, were you all doing that remotely over Zoom or did it stop altogether? Or Well, it actually had to stop during that time because doing it remotely, that there's always this, you know, like when the time, like you play something and the other play it later. So I don't know. Oh, a time say. sync issue. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that was always the problem. And that's why then we really had to stop in between and we had to cancel a few concerts that we had to play just a few weeks ago. So that was a very critical time for culture, actually, you know, because nothing could happen. And are you back now playing again together? Has it come back? Yes, it has come back. We already had two concerts since the pandemic is kind of over. I mean, it's not over, over, but it's yeah. um, better and we can live with it. <laughs> Similarly, Catherine, you're back in the office, I think, today, obviously. Are you back in every day that you're working now? Are you working a little bit from home as well? Yeah, we do a mixture again. So, I mean, we try to encourage people to come back to the office, but not all the time. We want to keep the flexibility, but we also, of course, want to get back in direct contact with the people and connect again and talk. And I think there has been a change going on in that respect because in the past it was always the understanding that you work more effectively when you're <clears throat> when you're in the office but now it's actually the other way around if you want to do work effectively you work from home and when you want to like connect to people you go to the office because of course you have to exchange and talk a lot yeah. but you can be more effective at home because there's no, you're not neglected from anything, you know? <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's, we talk about here at Bright Flag, the kind of intentionality of, of the time together. When you are in person together in the office, it isn't the case of everybody just sitting at their desk doing the work that they could otherwise be doing at home. It's using that time to to collaborate, to have different types of conversations, whether it's one-to-one in terms of performance feedback, whether it's when you're working on projects together, those things can be done more effectively, I think, very often in person. And for you, when we spoke about kind of building relationships with the legal team, is that is, is that going to return to the office? May that a little bit easier where you're able to see people face-to-face as well? Yeah, of course. If I'm... <clears throat> If I do trainings, some bright flag training, which I do once a month or maybe twice a month, depending on how many new people we onboard during that time, I also always offer a remote date, and but also they can come to the office and do it personally. It can facilitate more engagement and maybe different types of questions that you, you might necessarily get when somebody is just on Zoom or on a Teams call with a whole host of other people. But it, I think... Every organization is is finding their feet and f- trying to find the right balance at the moment. As you said, I think it has given people more flexibility. And I am certainly blown away by how you use your free time in particular and achieve so much. And I didn't know that about you, that you play in an orchestra. I think you are the first guest we've had the, on the podcast. We've had many talented, creative people on the podcast, but I think you're the first guest who is a member of an orchestra. But I think another example, Catherine, of the incredibly creative talented group of of people working in the legal ops space, bringing that creativity to their work every day as well. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to join us today as ever. It's it's so much uh, fun speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much having me here. I'm very proud of it. And it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks, Catherine.
I'm Alex Kelly, host of the In-House Outliers podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Brightflag, an AI-powered legal operations platform where corporate legal departments gain visibility into operations, maximize productivity, and engage with outside counsel strategically. If you like this episode, then you can find more information in our show notes. If you want to hear more, then you can also find more episodes at brightflag.com forward slash legal hyphen operations hyphen podcast. Thanks again for listening to the In-House Outliers podcast. We'll see you again next time.